1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high-energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Game Over, where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team, sort of, Whether they want to or not, we are here entering the low tide of the hockey season. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, nothing but dead fish and seaweed as far as the eye can see. And at this point, if we're talking to this team, you know, we're at the mountaintop. We're at the upper echelon, and there's only one team there, the winner of Survivor. 2022 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're not getting $1 million, but you're getting the Stanley Cup is none other than the Colorado Avalanche. And joining me is a man who took quite a bit of joy after game six, uh, Jared of the Mile High Mile High Pundit. Did I get this correctly? Yep, nailed it. Na- nailed it. He covers a team that was founded in 1996, they just recently slapped a third Stanley Cup to their name. They have such names in the rafters as Joe Stackett, Patrick Waugh, Ray Bork, and probably in about 20 years, Gabriel Landeskog. I'm talking about none other than the Colorado Avalanche. You did it. You beat the Blue Zombies there, and you are the Stanley Cup champions. Congratulations. It's
2: It's been it's been a, a weird week and a half since it ended. And, I mean, finally the Stanley Cup merch came in from Fanatics about time. So, pretty good day for that to come in, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got uh, yeah, I mean, to champi- I mean, get that championship swag. Got to get you it.
2: You have to. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you said it best. They, Unlike their namesake, they ascended to the top of the mountain. And uh, they... Uh, they... After just the trials and tribulations of the last three straight playoff years of being bounced in the second round and with a game seven overtime, game six in Vegas, I, I mean, it was just a, a long time coming after a lot of heartache, that's for sure.
1: Definitely a lot of shortcomings, especially like you said with Vegas last year, where it seemed like it was all set up for a, a run. Um, in a shortened season um, But I, I I was glad I was glad to see Colorado Ascend to the proverbial mountaintop And get back up there So since you are the last one here On Game Over um, Let's just jump into it I'm, I'm not going to ask what went wrong How'd you guys do it? How did it all come together finally?
2: It, it, it's not so much Game Over It's Game Over Series Over season over for Colorado. Uh, the, the, the way they did it yep, exactly. was just a- absolutely. When, when we did the, when Joel and I did the, the preview for the, for, for the final, we were looking at the, at the roster construction and over half of Colorado's roster was acquired either through trade free agency. It wasn't drafted players anymore. And Tampa was very draft heavy teams. That's kind of what you were getting out of Joe Sackick now. And I, I mean, nobody wants to trade with Joe Sakic. If you do, you're going to lose pretty much every single time. Um, we, this is after the draft, obviously. And we just acquired uh Alexander Georgiev too. F2. I, I mean, obviously your workhorses, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Ranton and Eric Johnson, Kale McCarr, the guys you mostly draft except for EJ. Cause he was uh, a trade acquisition back in got 2010, I believe uh, really outside of that. Everyone else has been acquired. Nazem Kadri was a great deal to get rid of Tyson Berry and Alexander Kerfoot. Uh, Valerian Achushkin, probably the most unsung hero of this team was a random pickup out of the K after Dallas just said, you're, you're not cutting it for us after being a first, uh, first round pick. Um, Arturi Lekinen was another brilliant deal that sent probably one of our better defensive prospects and Justin Barron to Montreal. But I, Lekkinen scores the game winning goal in the West Final. Scores in the Stanley Cup Final. I, it, it's it's hard to argue with Joe Sakic's track record with trades, and that's that's not even including Devon Taves. I, I mean, how we got Devon Taves for two second round picks. Lou Ramav- Lou Lamorello should probably not have a job, but New York is too. Too. I, I don't want to use ignorant, but just not. They're not savvy enough to go find a new GM. They're, they're still dealing with with the issues from. Uh, when when Mike Milbury was the GM, yeah, I, I mean it's it's been a constant constant issue for them, and and until they find somebody who's going to really take them over the hel- uh, over the hill, I, I mean they they might be mired in mediocrity right now. But I mean, even Darcy Kemper, well, let's look at the Kemper trade too. I I mean, you pick up Kemper for a, a first round pick, you had to do it, unfortunately, and it was a conditional first, which helps, and you got rid of Connor Timmons, who really just wasn't going to work out in Colorado. Um, unfortunately, he. It was touted to be good and then just never panned out, didn't pan out with the Eagles and Loveland either. So I, I, if I could pin it down to one thing, and this is going to – the one thing that really worked for Colorado was the team was finally built for Jared Bednar's system. And from from the onset of the very first training camp in 1617, when he took over, the first three days are nothing but bag skates. He's got a stopwatch. He's got a rope in the middle. And you're just skating. That's all you're doing. And you could tell, e- even in that game six, Colorado was just out skating Tampa a hundred percent of the way. That that third period was an absolute masterclass of how you shut down a, a a very good, very high scoring team to secure a Stanley Cup. Because a lot of teams, they're up, they got a one goal lead of twenty to play. Yeah, we'll sit back. Colorado didn't do that. Six and a half minutes before Tampa registers their first shot, um, and. Uh, not enough is ever going to be said about Jared Bednar. He's an absolutely fantastic coach. That after that f- horrible, horrible forty-eight point year in uh, sixteen seventeen, five straight trips to the playoffs, and now a Stanley Cup. Uh, it's just it was a brilliant, brilliant run this year.
1: Definitely, speed was the the, the name of the game with them. You know, as um. The Tampa is very big and fast and Colorado was just straight up fast. Like, I don't think they were very big, but um, it's the old adage. You can't hit what you can't catch. And Tampa just, just didn't really have an answer. So like you said, that third period in game six was just an, an absolute clinic on how Colorado said we're winning this game and you can't stop us. And that's exactly what, what they did. It was a fun watch, Um, Kemper had a daiquiri and a kindle in his crease for most of game six. Um, Just great team, great defense. And Devontae's, I saw him in Bridgeport in the Islander system for about three or four years. You guys got an absolute steal in getting him. It was a lot of good things coming together at the right time. You're absolutely right. And absolutely fleecing crazy Uncle Leo out there on Long Island. Um, So we're going to uh peer ahead a little bit this will obviously drop after free agency and um and uh and the draft um you have the stanley cup champions you don't have to worry about the draft that much um it seemed like this was a little bit of an all-in push like you said you have a lot of expirings that came off the books this year um what's w- what will be the colorado's game plan as we head into the proverbial dog days of summer
2: First things first is uh re-upping Valeria Nechushkin, who's a pending UFA, and also getting Arturi Lekin in on the books for a long-term deal as uh, as a restricted free agent. Th- those are the two pieces that has been that have been talked about since the very last game of the season. Sakic said uh our goal is getting Nichushkin back. We're pro- he's probably gonna come back on a probably four point five or five million dollar deal for probably four, three, four years at least. Um Arteri Lekkinen probably right in that same price point. Uh they re signed Andrew Cogliano, who's a great, great fourth line locker room guy. Um the the other really big piece too is um Nazam Kadri. I, I don't think they're going to get Kadri. Kadri is looking to chase chase that high salary he's been wanting for a while. Uh, he's, he's probably going to get somewhere north of $9 million for six years. And e- even if I'm Joe Sackick at 30 he'll be 32 when the puck drops in October. A six-year deal at eight, at eight plus is just it, – it's not going to work in the system for him. Uh, the The really big kind of under-the-radar one that they need to address is going to be Jacob McDonald uh 29 okay. year old defenseman he's, he's a swiss army knife i we we had the very awesome pleasure of watching him in loveland for uh a year uh and he can play forward he can play d it doesn't matter he he's a he's a more skilled curtis mcdermott and he, he definitely deserves a spot on the team i mean shane bowers is an rfa i think they trade his rights away uh nick henry i think they re but keep him on a minor deal mikhail maltsev could get re-signed pretty easily Uh, Kiefer Sherwood's a UFA as well, but I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do there. And, uh, Hunter Miska actually just, it just got announced he's going to Germany. So, I I mean, outside of their main pool, they still have six rostered defensemen right now. Uh, Josh Manson could go back to Anaheim. I'm not sure if he Mm -hmm. wants to go back. He might make it easy on himself to go back. I don't think they re-sign Ryan Murray. He's too much of an injury risk at this point. Jack Johnson, great story with Jack Johnson, uh, yeah. But at, at 35, almost 36 years old, it's just it's not worth it. Same with Darren Helm. I don't I don't think they go after a guy like Helm uh, for even just a one year a one off deal like they did with Cogs. Um, yeah. And and Berikowski's the other weird one. I I think they could resign Berikowski, getting Kemper off the books because Kemper's looking for a six by six, which is what Grubauer got in Seattle. So mm. I think I I think Berkey could come back, but he'd have to come back on a team friendly deal. The the, the bigger issue is next year. Next year is when a lot of the big deals are coming up. Nathan McKinnon comes up. Uh, Alex Newhook comes off his rookie deal. Eric Johnson becomes a UFA. Devon would need a, a new deal in a year. But right now, it, it's just you got to get your three guys of Arturi Lekinen, Valeri Nutrushkin, and uh, Andre Burkowski if possible, and if not, there's, there's a couple decent players out there right now. Ricardo Kel is going to be an unrestricted free agent from Pittsburgh, which could be a good fit uh, as a, as a second-line guy. But I, I really think they're expecting either J.T. Comfer or Alex Newhook to fill that spot of Nazem Kadri in the offseason.
1: Um, yeah, like you said, you got a lot of guys coming off, off the books, and I understand a lot of those reasons. I mean, like you said, Jack Johnson – the pride of Pittsburgh and Toronto and Carolina. He's 35. Wow. I did not know he was 35. Um, you know, Devontae pay that man. I mean, like you said, we talked about absolute steal for him. Um, you know, it almost seems like with Colorado is, um, and I'm trying to find the right words for this. It's kind of ride the tide of it this year. Um, enjoy your Stanley cup. And then it seems like the following off season is all right, now we get to work. Now, like you said, we gotta resign these guys. We gotta, you know, um, you were saying with Borokovsky, you know, maybe locking him up long term. Um, you mentioned the goalies. Um, you know, Kempner is looking for a six by six. Good luck on that. I'm hearing Washington at the time of this pod. the time of this recording and and he's Um,
2: 31 too. that that's the weird part too is he's he's, yeah
1: i didn't know he was 30 like 31 he's 32 32. now
2: i'm sorry he has 32 now and he's looking for a six by six no 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 no. GM in their right mind should pay that salary
1: no No way no which is all the more reason washington's probably gonna do it um but uh you you got francois for another two years does he stick around those two years or does he be trade bait
2: frank frankie sticks around and the The reason why is he when he came over from from the Czech Republic, he he had to he he knew what he was getting into and he wanted to be in the organization. Yeah, he he went to Loveland immediately and absolutely showed out in his first year. I I mean he was top five in every category in the American League the first year in the in North America. I he's he's a great one B option and I think that's what. Joe Sackick is really looking to do now is go 1A, 1B. Let's shift the load off of one guy. If he doesn't have to play 50 games, even better. If he doesn't have to play 60 games, even better, which <clears throat> I, I do believe a lot of teams are going to start going toward because they're starting to yeah. see that burnout. Andre Vasilevsky played how many games in the regular season then started every single playoff game?
1: Colorado's yeah, I those remember,
2: goals? We're basically 50-50 in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I remember doing an article for this on uh, on. Fan cited during the dark days of the pandemic where like the NHL was going toward a, like you said, a tandem, a one A or a one B instead of a goalie workhorse that does 50 or 60 games during the regular season. And then every single freaking playoff game. And that's why you have goalies burn out in their early thirties. You know, guys like Jonathan quick who get injuries and just burn out.
2: Exactly. And I mean, even just look at Colorado's run. You go sixteen and four in the playoffs. That mm-hmm. that's mind numbing in this day and age. Unreal. Unreal. Post salary cap era. It's the best. Post salary cap era is. This is the best playoff record in NHL history. Uh, the it was one of the Oilers teams that went sixteen and two one year. No one's ever mm-hmm. going to match that. No. Not not with the not with the insane talent they had on that roster. But sixteen and four in this day and age. Uh, that's absolutely insane you sweep two teams one of whom is one of touted to be one of the highest scoring teams when you have Connor mcdavid and leon Drysido on your roster I, but again it came down to goaltending mike smith fumbled it like usual it's just the yeah. typical mike smith goals were given up you swept through nashville who did not have uc Saros, but does uc Saros really make that much of a difference in that series a game or two probably yeah
1: at best jordan
2: i i said it from the onset when jordan binnington got hurt when Jordan Bennington got hurt in round two, that ruined the series, 100% ruined the series for the sole reason of he was starting to turn into 2018-19 vintage Jordan Bennington, and he was going to steal two, three games from Colorado easily. And now they've shipped off Ville Husso to Detroit. So, yes. I, I mean, this central division is looking really, really weird going into 22-23
1: and then you take a look at what's happening with with uh with Minnesota bringing Flurry back for another 2 years. Um things are definitely shifting and Chicago lord knows what they're what they're doing, but that's another show. So um all right, we're going to we're going to pivot into the sneaky big question where I don't even know what's coming. Our our co-host doesn't even know what's coming. That's the fun of it at, of all this. So Taking a look up and down your uh, your free agents, and maybe we talked about this a little bit. If you could, if you had a magic check that you could sign for one of these expirings, expirings only, and say, "Here's here's money, take it. Shut up and take my money." Who do you give it to on this Avalanche team?
2: Oh, I God! There's just so many. I, this would be a great question for next year because obviously mm-hmm. the answer would be Nathan McKinnon. Oh, yes. Um, right now, it's got to be Valerian mm-hmm. I, 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 The way he just kind of – he stepped in and really solidified his, his his role with the Avs of being that pest, that hard guy to play against deep on the forecheck, He's in banging bodies. He's able to put the puck in the net. He is your t- he's your 2020s uh two way player. Can shoot. He's deceptively fast too. And he can lay you out when he wants to. And he's just annoying to play against on the four check. I, I it's a hard one between either him or Arturi Lekinen. Uh there, there may be still that that honeymoon phase with Lekanen because we've only had him for basically three, four months. And we haven't seen him in a full year under Jared Bednar's system, but in that small sample size, holy hell, do we love what we see. And it seems like he and Nathan McKinnon are our besties right now. So, if you can, as long as you can keep both of those pieces, and Valerian Achuschin for me should get the bag over Arturi and just because of how much more he brings, but they both kill penalties so well. And they play on the power play. Those guys are playing close to 20 minutes a night between power play and penalty kill time. So, I mean, it's a coin flip either way, but yeah, Valeriy Nichushkin for me, a hundred percent of the way.
1: Bonus question, and um, I know it, it's checks notes. July at this broadcast, but it might be closer to it. Realistically, could the Avalanche repeat? Realistically.
2: Realistically. Yes, for the sole fact that the core, the, the main core, your main driving factors are sticking together. They're, they're going to play a, a relatively easy schedule in the Central this year just because of what whatever the hell Chicago's doing, whatever <laughs> Winnipeg is doing. And uh, I, I mean, their, their biggest challenges are going to come out of the Pacific with Vegas again with a fully healthy Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. Uh, a fully healthy Robin Laner in in Vegas as well. Dallas could be one of those sneaky teams as well. I, I think they, they get back in. Minnesota, if they don't get Kirill Kaprizov, because he's currently stuck in immigration right now. That's mm-hmm. a huge problem in Russia right now. Yeah, if, if they don't get Kirill back, they're in deep trouble. And yeah. and Flory can't turn into a pumpkin because Talbot wants out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, ben- Bennington, I, I think there's going to be a big fight game if uh, the first game between... Colorado and St. Louis. Landis is probably going to step to Shen again because God has gone. So that's probably what's going to have to happen. But coming out of the West, I can see him repeating in the West. I, I, the only team that really scares me would be Los Angeles right now. They're, they're adding a lot of really good pieces. Edmonton's going to fall off pretty drastically. uh, Unfortunately, I I don't think Calgary sticks to where they're at. Even if they get Johnny Goudreau back. Uh, no, no, no. I think, I think Markstrom probably. kind of showed his issues. LA's is the dark horse out of the, out of the Pacific division that I'd be really concerned about. Uh, but if, if they get back in, a lot of people are saying Colorado-Tampa again next year. I don't see Tampa getting in again, um, especially losing Andre Palat, which is already being rumored. Uh, trading away Ryan McDonough. Uh, and I, I, I think now the cracks are beginning to show with, the, with, with their core group. Uh, the, the team that I think comes out of the East probably would be Florida. I think I think you're still playing Stanley Cup games in Florida in June. But the, the Panthers have really built their organization the right way to try and recapture that image of 96 when they went to the final.
1: Yeah, if, if that's the case, the rematch of the 1996 Stanley Cup finals, it would be very interesting. And yeah, you're right. Florida team is constructed very well um they've got their own uh cap issues to deal, to uh, to deal with and um I, I you give me colorado and la next year and my bay and spirit animal jonathan quick i have no problem with that absolutely none so um looking so well, we only got a few more questions before we get you out of here uh one is why should avalanche fans be optimistic Heading into October, this should be an easy question.
2: Joe Sackick is your GM and Jared Bednar is your head coach.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's all you need. Yep. And banner raising night, which is Wednesday, October, October? 12th. Oh, it, it, it is 12th. Okay. October you know, 12th. It, I'll
2: be back in Denver for that.
1: To go on, that you should, you know, like when the. When the when when the playoffs were going on in between uh me playing for my own wedding, I was saying it needs to be Avalanche Blues opening night. Make it happen, Bettman. But it didn't. The cowards. But uh we'll see. I'm sure ESPN will love to put that match up on ESPN plus
2: I I was hoping for Colorado Tampa opening night to open up the regular season only game on the broadcast rematch of the final I, I I would love to have seen that but we can't get what we want unfortunately no
1: sadly we all can't get get what we want out of life you know out of the scheduling and ESPN can't devote that much time to hockey in October because Lord football rules over us all but I'm getting sidetracked so so let's turn toward the opposite of that as to um, why should Avalanche fans be depressed heading into next season?
2: I don't know if I'm going to use depression on this one. I'm, I'm going to go with maybe concerned would be kind of the term I'm going to use with this. Um, mm-hmm. Alexander Georgiev may be a question mark. Great great trade, don't get me wrong, but his stats in his three in his three years with with New York not exactly eye popping 908 save percentage 298 goals against uh through 3 seasons and it, it's it's not something you really look at and go oh wow this could really be a, a good tandem it's one of those where you can go uh this could be this might not be one of Joe's best deals like like the like the Patrick Nemeth deal t- uh from Detroit uh last year the the other kind of major uh oh would be if 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 Sam Girard can come back and be healthy, that's great. But if we have to play Curtis McDermott 20 to 30 games, that's going to be a big, big question mark on the defensive side because that's someone, that's not someone you really need to play 20, 30 games. He's there maybe 10, 15, you know, put him into the lineup against a team like New York so he can play, so he can handle Ryan Reeves for three minutes that Ryan Reeves is on the ice. But outside of that, there's really not much to be too concerned about. Maybe cup hangover too, short off season, not enough rest time. But when, when we got the injury report from, uh, from the club really wasn't a lot of guys who needed surgery. They just a little bit nicked up here and there. And that was about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when I asked that question at the Stanley cup champions, um, you're right. Concerned should be, is probably the more better word for you guys. I mean, But it's more just riding the wave at this point as, you know, we're heading into the depths of summer. The cup's going to get passed around. Everybody's going to get their day with the cup. And um, it's just going to be great times there in Denver, Colorado. So, you know, we said it. We've said it to all the teams that have been on so far, but slightly different for the Colorado Avalanche to you. We say winner, the Colorado Avalanche the last one here on game over 2022. So thank you very much, Jared, for coming on. I appreciate it, brother. Before, you know, we go and we wrap things up, I'll give you a minute to, uh, promote or pimp anything you got, man, your podcast or whatever project you got. So, so brother, the board is thine.
2: Well, thank you once again for having me on. Uh, I'm sure Joel would have loved to have time to get on with us too, but, uh, we run mile high pundit myself and uh, stat guy, JJ, his name is Joel. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Joel James 15. You can find uh, me on Twitter at mile high pundits. We also have an Instagram at mile high pundit po- podcast. We're working on possibly doing a TikTok later on here or there, but, and possibly even YouTube after that. But for right now, just that we are, uh, Joel had a little fight with COVID here after the Stanley Cup parade that he went to. So we, we're a little bit backtracked on episodes, but we are working on a a four-part series to kind of handle the offseason for us. Uh, just kind of r- review the, the whole series with Tampa Bay, free agency, what do we think is going to happen, obvious line projections for next year, and know how many points that, that Colorado ends up with. If they end up with anything less than 100 points, I'm going to be upset. In all honesty, but it's been it has been an absolute hell of a time. This has been I, I was I was a, a young man, very, very young man when Colorado won it in 2001. And Ray Bork with the epic Gary Thorne call raising the cup over his head, Sackick turning right to him, not even raising it. Best sports moment in history for me, even beats 1980 Lake Placid. But I wasn't alive during then, so maybe I'm a little biased.
1: Right, right. And
2: I I, 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 we've we've said it from the outset. Man, this Colorado team really sucked for a while, and this has just been an absolute blast. It's gonna keep it's gonna keep going through the summer, and then once October hits, everyone's back to zeros.
1: Exactly. But to the victor goes the spoils. So enjoy the mountaintop, the upper echelon. Your names are on the cup for all time. The Colorado Avalanche, your 2022 Stanley Cup champions. So thank you, everyone, who has listened to Game Over, shortened this year for personal and life reasons this year, but glad everyone could enjoy it that we've been able to get on the handful of NHL teams. So to everyone, to the NHL season in general, this is Game Over, but it's not Game Over for everyone we'll still be pumping out great content here on the regular grit and barrett podcast but my hi thank you very much brother thank you for coming on and to all of you hockey world we say game over we'll see you next time
0: i